0: Today's episode is brought to you by JustWorks. JustWorks helps businesses take care of their benefits, their health care, payroll, and HR. It's just that simple. We use it and absolutely love it here at Reboot. Grow your business and not your busy work. Get JustWorks. Learn more and to learn how we use it at Reboot, go to Reboot.io slash JustWorks.
1: And that's when I knew he was my business soulmate, right? Because we—I knew that we could get get along intellectually, but it's like, can you can you mesh at the values level? Can you mesh at the human level? And if you do, something special, something really magical starts to happen.
0: Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. The greatest gift of relationship proves to be that as a result of encountering each other, we are obliged to grow larger than we had planned. James Hollis I remember the fear and the grumbling knots in my stomach. I was less than two months away from the birth of my daughter, my first, but smack dab in the middle of helping birth a new company, the one that ultimately became Reboot and just starting to work with my new partners. The fear and the stomach grumbling were the result of an inner argument. One voice spoke strongly. I need to do my best. I need to work hard. I need to earn my place in this new partnership. Another voice spoke equally as strong. I will not miss one second of my upcoming baby's first few weeks. I nervously fired off an email to my new partners The two voices showed up in my request. I'll say that I'm pretty set on being there, fully present, with the baby for at least the first few weeks. I know that limits my worth as a partner in reboot efforts, likely until the end of June or July. So I want to make everyone aware of that. I waited and waited and waited nervously for a response. I happened to be near my wife when the first response came in. I read it aloud. Dan? That is the right thing to do, period. Don't give it a second thought. The only life more precious than our own is that of our child. Hold them. Be the dad. As I looked at my wife, we both had tears streaming down our face. These were tears of joy. A joy of being in a partnership not just aligned intellectually and not just aligned energetically, but aligned around values, aligned at a human level. And magic things start to happen in that space. As we see in our episode today, with two co-founders who refer to each other as business soulmates, they too find themselves in that magic space of alignment. Jules Pieri, in her second time on our show, and her partner, Joanne Dominiconi, are the co-founders of The Gromit. They join Jerry to talk about the beginning of their partnership, how and where they found alignment at the human level how their relationship and partnership has evolved over time, and the challenges it represents as they scale the business. Co-founder Bootcamp is our invitation for you to discover how your leadership team can work together better. Really work towards that alignment on a human level, very much like Jules and Joanne share in this episode. Listen in at the end of this episode, where you'll hear from the AdCade co-founders who attended our first Co-founder Bootcamp they share how it impacted their partnership to learn more and submit your application go to reboot.io slash cofounders
1: hey jules it's good to see you again and joanne it's a pleasure to meet you
2: hey jerry jerry
1: Hey, so before we get started, could you both each take a minute to just sort of say who you are so our listeners can really get a sense of your voices and what your roles are? And, and I know we've done a podcast before, Jules, about what The Daily Grommet is, but tell us tell us a little bit more about it.
2: Yeah, so this is Jules. I'm Jules Pierre, the uh, co-founder and CEO of The Grommet, and uh, we're a product launch platform. So we launched the story of one company and product that you probably would want to know about and maybe have never heard of mm-hmm. every single day.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: in the past, you launched products that became famous uh, today. You know, the household names we've launched are products like Fitbit or Idea Paint. Um, but I promise you what we're launching today, some of them will be those, those same kind of superstars tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm. And Joanne?
3: Yeah, Jerry, I'm Joanne Domenicone, and I'm the other co-founder of The Gromit, and I'm in charge of discovery. So I'm the chief discovery officer. Mm -hmm. And my role at The Gromit is to identify high potential makers, help the team, guide the team to tell their stories in an impactful, effective, honest way, Mm -hmm. and keep the business of discovery and product launch advancing Um, here at the grommet.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I, you know, Jules, um, we were really fortunate to have you on the podcast uh, a couple of months ago, and you know, it was really a great conversation. It was really a delightful conversation, and um, we're even more thrilled. I don't think we've ever done this before. We've had people revisit, but we've never revisited. And let's get the co-founder in, and that's and that's really exciting because one of the things that that's really become clear over the last few years for me is how important this co-founder relationship is you know uh, we did a co-founder boot camp last summer uh, last spring we're going to do one again this this spring and really focusing on the co-founder relationship is probably in some ways more important than even focusing on supporting the CEO, uh, especially at that early stage so, it's really, it's really an opportunity for, for us all to sort of have a conversation about that. And as we do that, you know, I know that there are a few different items that we'd like to talk through and maybe, maybe do some work around, but um, I think it might be helpful if we spent a little bit of time just talking about your relationship and really the history of it, the roots of it. How did you guys meet and how did you come to, f- to co-found the company?
2: You talk about
1: how we met. And I just want to say, I'm lucky because I get to see your faces and everybody else is just hearing your voices. And the two of you just lit up like Christmas trees. So that makes me really happy. So I know we're on to something good.
2: (laughs) So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll
3: go
1: first. All right. You go first, Joanne.
3: I think the year was 1993. And I was the vice president of product development at KEDS. I was overseeing design and um, engineering and sourcing, uh, line building, and we were growing like crazy. Keds was, you know, uh, you know, having record quarters, and we needed some additional, initial, additional help, and so I was interviewing or helping interview talent to build the team out for the next wave of growth. And in walks Jules Peary to my office. She had a red dress and red tights and yes. shoes on. Yes. And like, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and we talked for an hour, and it was really amazing. It was. I, I was immediately struck by her um, insightfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, her, um, while being humble and and humorous too, I think we ended the conversation talking about sh- sharing. Job sharing. She had just had uh, her second child, and I had a two or three year old at home. And both of us were trying to kind of have it all—really, mm-hmm. uh, kind of engaged careers, but also being a great, raising a great family. And we were challenged by that, but we had a lot of alignment on, you know, how we wanted to conduct our lives. And I knew that I had found kind of my business soulmate, um, or I thought maybe I had found my business soulmate in that conversation. And of course our relationship grew, um, over, I think it's been 17 years now. We've been, um, friends uh, actually
2: longer. Has it been 1993,
3: 23 23. 23 Yeah, That's how that we lost eight years. That's. (laughs) (laughs)
1: 23 years. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. So we
2: didn't end up sharing the job. I remember saying, I'm no miracle gra- I'm no miracle worker. I can't like be you zero to sixty. She she had a massively important job, tons of time in the Far East. But I did get a role in the company and we did get to become colleagues. And ultimately, oddly enough, we shared a nanny. Oh
3: wow. It was another
2: way we got to know each other. Because I learned through that that you see you get a lens on somebody through their um, their children and their family in a way that's pretty special. Yeah. So I liked what I saw at work, but this kind of funny glimpse of uh, what I saw through Joanne's children completed the picture—a yeah. great picture.
1: You know, I, I I'm so struck by uh, Joanne. Your term "business soulmate." I don't think I've ever heard it. Put that I just way. made it
3: up.
1: <laughs> well, that's what you do, right? You make up stories. You're you're good at this, but but it's brilliant. And and you know what it what it meant to me was, you know, not just alignment intellectually, not just alignment energetically. Like how hard do we want to work? How do we drive ourselves? But also alignment around values. And, you know, and Jules, to your point, getting the lens about who this person is by seeing their children and seeing their family. And it's really um, quite an expression. If if I can share it, it reminds me of the first time I met Fred Wilson and we decided to go into partnership together. And what happened was um, Mark Pincus, who of course folks know as having founded Zynga, Mark had been hounding. Fred and I looked at funding one of Mark's companies in the early days, Mark and, and a fellow named Sunil Paul, and Fred ended up funding the business, and I didn't. I was with CMG Adventures, and there was a big fight and all this stuff. But Mark, you know, still thought of me as a resource, and would still call me relentlessly and and try to ask for my advice on how to deal with the press and things like that as a former reporter. And I was walking through the airport one day, and all of a sudden, my my pager goes off that's how old this story is and it's mark and i'm like oh geez what does he want now right and so i i was like all right fine and i call him back and i and i said what is it And he goes fred wilson is leaving euclid partners you guys should be partners together you're perfect so i'm like oh that's interesting so i get to get I, I email fred and we start making plans to have lunch and here's the part of, i was really thinking about the night before we're supposed to get get together he cancels lunch on I me. Mean, and he cancels lunch because he forgot that he was supposed to attend his daughter's kindergarten graduation. And to me, that was the best possible reason to cancel a lunch with a potential business partner, was for his daughter. And that's when I knew he was my business soulmate,
4: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right? Because we, I knew that we could get, get along intellectually, but it's like, can you, can you mesh at the values level? Can you mesh at the human level? And if you do, Something special, something really magical starts to happen. Um, and so I love that phrase, and I'm going to steal it and use it relentlessly, and I may not even credit you.
2: <laughs> it's funny you use the words values. I, I, there's this, something that uh, I don't think I've even told you this story, Joanne. When we were both working in the same company. I sometimes would get trotted out into a training session that HR was leading around something values I think was the topic even and I thought how do I crystallize values in a way that it transcends all the teams in this room because we don't all work on the same thing and I landed on the story of Joanne's son Alex (laughs) and my son Dane and how um, my son Dane had two good friends Alex is one of them um, and then Jonathan was the one he saw more often our neighbor and We did not share the same values with Jonathan's family. So when Jonathan came over, the nanny and myself knew they can't go in the basement together alone. (laughs) Jonathan Jonathan Dane, like, that's not okay with me. And then I said to the team in the room and the people in the room, like, Alex doesn't come over as often. But when he comes over, it's kind of everything's okay. Like, I'm not worried about what's going to happen when Alex is over.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. It's, it, 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 you know, it's like you have a felt sense that this, who this person is because of that alignment in values. And, you know, as you point out, you know, our children oftentimes are an expression of what we believe about the world. And so Alex, Joanne, is probably a pretty dear expression of what you believe about the world yeah. for good and for bad. He is. He is.
3: But the interesting thing is, we are not the same person, though. We are very different people.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But there's that soul that mm-hmm. is aligned. And um, you know, if I was to think about Jules, you know, she's thoughtful and um, thinks about think. She's a more of a thinker, and I'm more of a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And I think that that's another reason why our relationship works. I, I think that we have really deep alignment on, you know, how on brand, I think we kind of have like one brain on brand. Mm. And I think we um, are very aligned on what we're going for here, what the vision is. I think that Jules maps that, but I kind of, I adopt it and kind of mold it. Um, we mold it together. And then, um, I think we have like this kind of singular focus on succeeding. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a tenacity and then we never give up that we uh, align on. But if I was to think about, you know, how we make it work in the company, she's kind of like the more spiritual leader and I'm more the coach, the person who's like driving our results, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm like on speed, quality, results, business, innovation, mm-hmm. and she's thinking way out ahead of me, um, but it wouldn't work if we didn't have two brains thinking about those kinds of things and being expert at them. Mm-hmm. So there's that like kind of fundamental soul, but then there's the, this kind of divide and conquer type of um, action that we practice mm-hmm. that You know, it's surprising to me sometimes how well it works.
2: (laughs) And it's actually kind of a funny thing that happened was we had somebody come into the company who was observing us and thought maybe we didn't get along very well because we ultimately learned she worked for two co-founders, famous co-founders in her last company and they were always together they they always you know travel together always in the same room and we were rarely in the same room and she came to us and said individually are you guys okay
3: Mm.
2: and for a nanosecond joanne and i worried about it like are we okay are we okay (laughs) like are we supposed to be doing this differently and we even did a couple like Weird fake things like stand next to each other in team meeting. <laughs> I remember yeah, it right. that, that was my stupid idea.
0: And then I realized,
2: wait a minute, those two co-founders she used to work for must not have trusted each other very much if they had to be in the same room to make all the same decisions. And we're way too, you know, efficient, like efficiency minded, and we trust each other too much to want to do we rarely do the same things. Rarely.
1: Yeah. See, I, I think that some of the best partnerships are made up of people who have a diversity of styles and experiences and, and it comes together and it blends in a harmony, you know, um, to me. And, and I've always enjoyed, you know, duets and, you know, singer songwriters who work together. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite groups is Indigo Girls. And, you know, the, the 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 two women are, the, the the in so many ways they could not be more different, and yet when they sing together the harmony is incredible, mm-hmm. and and you know I think of my own relationship with Fred we're very temperamentally different, you know we're very different temperamentally we're very different uh, human beings and and yet I can I trust him completely and even though we don't even work together I I trust him and I I know that that even though we may see each other once every three or four months now if I need something I can pick up the phone and call Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know and and I have I have that friendship I have that in my partnership now with my partners at Reboot you know again all four of us each of us or five of us soon you know each of us is just different Mm -hmm. and yet you know, forgive the sports analogy here for a moment. I'm a baseball nut. But, you know, when I, when, I, when you watch a good infield play, right, the shortstop never checks at third base to see if the third baseman is there. They just throw the ball. They know it. They know they're going to be there. That's right. right. And, 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 uh, and we don't use
3: baseball <clears throat> analogies too much here, but I like that. I like that. that
1: you know, it's, it's like, you know, and, and, and what you see when the relationship and, and, and the teamwork isn't working is there's that, that there's that hesitation, right? And there's a hesitation in the throat. Are you there? Are you going to catch it? And, and gee, that's really hard way to build a startup double checking to see if if i toss you the ball are you going to catch it did you catch it right not only are you going to catch it but did you catch it can you tell me if you caught it like i can't work that way right i got to let it go and let the other person so i think i think you've, you you've defined in some ways a beautiful tight relationship between alignment and trust you know i mean what is trust But that ability to, like, look over at third base and say, I know that that person will be there, even if their foot is not on the bag right now. They'll get over there. Because 23 years of friendship has proven to me that that person is there. Am I naming some quality that's in your relationship? Am I naming it? This notion of trust at this level?
2: Oh, That's... I think so very, that's evident that's, yeah, we sh- share that. We would express that directly, yeah, you know, Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. We, it's, it's, I think obvious to people, but, um, I think, we, I think we, people we sometimes, sometimes don't
3: understand our relationship, but they, they can see the trust there. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. I think because they're so wildly different temperamentally mm-hmm. yes. that they don't, they don't understand that part of it potentially. But people that are really close to us, but as the team grows, people watch us from afar. Yeah. Mm. We have 55 people. So, you you know, it's not giant where we can talk to every person every day, um, theoretically. (laughs) But at some point, they're not really seeing you make decisions, you know, or seeing you do your work as directly as... Or see us us connecting at night or on the weekends. (laughs) Yeah, you
3: know, a lot of... What A lot of our connecting happens after hours and on the weekends when we both have space to kind of think and ponder. I I don't know. That's how I feel. It's kind of just by, you know, by need. that's how it has happened. Yeah. Some of our best kind of strategic thinking happens
2: outside of the office. Yeah. On the phone often because we're with our families or we're not even in the same state necessarily, but on the phone.
1: Hmm. Is that sustainable as the company grows? Think it has to be. What do you mean?
3: She's doing some she's she's off, you know, fundraising or speaking or um, you know, taking high-level meetings. I'm, you know, kind of more the person inside, although I'm doing more and more uh traveling and speaking these days too. And so we're not often in the same same um geography. So we need to you know, connect outside of uh, face-to-face mm. um, and make time when we are here because, you know, our time is swallowed up pretty quickly um, in the office. Yeah. We have an open booking system on mm. calendar. so anybody can book our time. And mm. we like that in some ways, but believe me, the time gets booked up pretty fast.
2: We are also really effective on email together. So, you know, I know Joanne will answer me It used to be within the hour. I don't think we're quite at that speed level anymore. Mm. And it was probably more trivia before, whereas now there are less of them and more important emails. Um, But I know I will hear back. And if I don't, I know one of two things. She is absolutely swamped or pissed off. Or pissed off.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Same same thing on Jules's end. (laughs) You know, I know when I've pushed a button. And that's the other thing you have to be able to push each other's buttons to create that tension so that you can advance a decision that you know is hard to to make yeah. and that happens you yes. know and you know she's got her territory I have my territory and we have to find alignment so you know it's not like the it's not what I like to, The trust is really kind of rooted as a foundation of our relationship, but we're strong enough to have disagreements and know each other well enough that, you know, she's prickly on that one, you know, but I got to go for it. Right. I got to get an answer well,
1: here. I'll give you one of my favorite quotes, which is from a, a, a brilliant uh, Buddhist psychologist named David Rico. And what he writes in a book called How to Be Adult in Relationship is, to be adult in relationship is not to be conflict-free. Right. It's to resolve conflicts mindfully. Right. You know, and it's, it's unrealistic to expect conflict, to, to, to have a conflict-free zone. And conflict isn't necessarily a sign that there's a problem. It's right. what happens with the resolution of those conflicts that indicates whether or not there's a problem.
3: And it doesn't even have to be conflict. It can just be differing. You know, can just be a, a decision that you know half the team wants to handle one way, and the other half of the team wants to handle another way. And we have to come kind of come down on a in a unified way to decide, you know, how we're going to proceed and keep everybody motivated and moving you know, efficiently forward and not get stalled out by indecisiveness or difference of opinion.
1: Yeah, I I, I also saw the two of you do something uh, almost uh, innately just now, which was really quite wonderful and something that, that we often try to teach. And that is really uh, what I would call giving each other an operating manual or more than that, you um, uh, You know, I did a podcast interview with with the founders of something called the Center for Collaborative Awareness, and they, they, they have a process they call the Blueprint of We. And what it does is it takes new partners, whether romantic or business partners, together, and they say, okay, work through these issues. When I'm pissed off, this is what I do, and this is the way to approach me, right? You have come to learn that about each other, right? When I'm feeling overwhelmed... Or when Joanne is feeling overwhelmed, she won't respond to your emails. So you know not to take it personally, Jules, <laughs> but you know that there's something going on there. And you might actually need to check it out because she might be drowning. Or she might need to be left alone, right? Because you've learned that rhythm with each other. And, and I think that's another it's essential cool. element, you know, of like... We both
3: have rhythms that yeah. we've learned. Yeah. She knows, like, give me 24 hours and I recover,
1: <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know,
3: right. and I've learned that she, you know, sometimes, you know, needs time to think it through and right. I kind of push her wow. on it, right. you know, she needs, and she needs to be fair and objective and, and I'm impatient, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, see, but, but not,
1: you know, I, I, I think, I, Joanne, I think what you just described is a beautiful expression of emotional intelligence, you know, I often used to teach that emotional intelligence boils down to two things, self-awareness and empathy, right? understanding of the other person. And in fact, without self-awareness, it's really impossible to develop empathy. So you know, Joanne, that you can be incredibly driven and impatient. That's both a positive and a negative. Mm-hmm. right? And you know that if you let that impatience get out of control, you're, you're going to knock into Jules's needs. for for a quiet contemplation, for a kind of methodical approach in a particular decision. And Jules, you know that if you are steamrolled by the impatience, you're not gonna be at your best and you might end up being resentful or you might end up feeling short-tempered or any of those things. And you've come to know that about each other. And I think that that's another expression of that trust. It's like, I know where you're going to be on Tuesday mornings because I know that Tuesday mornings you've got your yoga class in the morning and I don't I should just leave you alone so that you can transition in
2: it's Thursday mornings,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> how did I know?
2: <laughs> we switched it. it. Used
1: to be Tuesday. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's that it's that kind of knowing each other that I think really, really strengthens the partnership and and becomes the basis of of a really healthy leadership function. Um, you know, and and too often I see young entrepreneurs bypassing all of that. Right, thinking but, that it's unimportant.
3: There's a maturity and wisdom here that hard earned, hard, hard earned. earned. <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> that's, that's not hard, hard <laughs> earned. Yeah, um, that I think um, I see in an um, us that is has let helped us lead a good good company.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in in the in the last podcast, I um, I got it. A glimpse into the values of the company and the conversation that that Jules and I had, and I just want to say what I said to Jules at the time. I'm so admiring of this Joanne, uh, of this company that you've created. Um, and before we started recording, Jules and I was talking about the fact that I'll be visiting Rhode Island soon, you know, on a fairly regular basis because my son will be going to school there, and. Uh, she said that I think she was going to hunt me down and shoot me if I didn't visit. No, just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I
3: think our team would love to kind of
1: hear you. Well, I would love to come visit uh, quite frankly, because I love seeing the smiles, you know, I love this, you know, we, there's a, there's a quote that we use all the time at reboot from one of my favorite writers, a, a fellow named David white, W H Y T E. And that's good work done well for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Good work. Like, good work, done well for the right reasons. You know, and that's my sense of the grommet. You know, good work. um, I
2: I went to hear David Axelrod speak recently, the political campaign advisor, Mm -hmm. his new book. And he was at Harvard, and he said something that I'll never forget. He said, there are politicians who want to be something, And there are politicians who want to do something, and I only work for those. And I said, it was a breakthrough for me because I felt, this is true of both of us, neither of us got out of bed when we were 10 years old and decided we were going to be entrepreneurs. We've had corporate careers. We've done lots of different things. But this itch of the grommet, the business opportunity and the need in the world, it's good work, what we do, is so big that we felt it had to get done, whether it was by us or not. And because we do enjoy the entrepreneurial side of it, it that's not a, not a necessary evil, it's, it's, it's what we do. But I love that. We're entrepreneurs because we wanna do something.
1: I love that. I, th- I think it's a beautiful expression. And, 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 it, and it really speaks to the healthy part of the obsession, if you will. The healthy part is, I wanna bring forth something in the world of meaning and consequence. you know. Um, I, I've got a little bit of notoriety, and it's so easy for the, the egotistical part of my, my character structure to, to be satisfied and dance. But the truth is, what I'm more interested in is people having a genuine, heartfelt conversation about the existential challenges with work. If everybody has that, and I don't have to have that conversation anymore, but I could just sit around the fire and read good books, I'll be thrilled. <laughs> and my ego will be a little bit lost, but but really, that's what I'm. That's what motivates me. Good I've work done
2: this for you, Jerry. You have tremendous job security. <laughs> <laughs> You will never, ever be able to retire. I'm sorry. It's the truth.
1: <laughs> well, I've warned my partners, you know, I'm, I'll be 52 this year. They've got eight years. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> we'll talk to
2: you in eight years about
1: that. <laughs> oh, you're both sweet. Thank you. Well, one of the thoughts I thought would that, that sort of occurred to me would be, how do you keep this going as the company scales? I mean, you already talked about 55 employees and we, we touched upon briefly even before we started recording the notion of you guys staying in touch and how do you do that? And, you know, uh, you know, if, if I may, I know you've got fundraising on the landscape in front of you at some point and and you will be successful. I can feel it. Right. So as that goes forward, how do you hold on to this? How do you hold on to this? And I, and I, you know, the, the the listeners can't see me. I'm pointing to the two of you. So I'm pointing to the space between the two of you.
2: Well, you're supposed to tell us that. James. Oh
1: well, don't you know that a good coach never provides the answers, but only good questions. We're on to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well,
2: the thing when it's hardest is when when our travel schedules are. Uh, Misaligned you know and and we've had a pretty good summer actually you've done more traveling than I have which is unusual yeah. and so one of the things we do let go we have this regular touch base every Friday when we're in the office but for a while there when I was traveling we wouldn't necessarily have that by phone and yeah. we've been better lately actually yeah. we'll do it by phone when we have work from home days and things like that so I'm just thinking out loud, that's one thing we probably have to commit to harder because here's the thing. There are other people on our team who always appear needier than Joanne does to me, right? You know, unless she's in a really tough situation, everyone else, you know, she could probably wait. And I even did that to you last Friday because I was dealing with sort of a higher, you know, kind of higher, longer list basically. And you started to say, well, I have some stuff that's Kind of minor, and I said, "Could you please not tell me?" Yeah, I just can't have it in my head right now. More stuff, mm. and so we can sometimes cut those corners where, um, and maybe in this in this situation where there are going to actually be even more needy people, mm. um, we can't really afford that. Where we've 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 sometimes drafted off of that like yeah. knowledge that okay, yeah. we're okay, we're okay, we're okay.
1: Well, it's it's in in a sense, it's like the trust is so strong that you trust it too much
2: yeah right yeah
1: you you, know you like
2: yes you know we had a year maybe ending fairly recently where i took a lot for granted maybe yeah you know about that that um i've sort of backed off on and said wait a minute um we're moving fast here and we're changing a lot. I can't just assume we're aligned in the ways we've always been. That's right. Speed,
3: speed, and just the sheer number of initiatives that are happening at all times and the kind of friction and tension that kind of can be created when you're driving at something probably with not enough resources. And then you hit a bump in the road and I expect her to react one way and be without this talking and, and she reacts differently. Everybody gets confused even more yeah. dangerous, not even between ourselves, but for the team who is responsible for advancing things. So that is, I think that is the reason why we need to, you know, at least have that one hour touch base every week, um, you know, and, uh, cons- pretty consistent, like FYI, like this is what's going on. Mm. Um, even if it's by email. Part of um, the
2: dynamic is that I'm reading the universe all the time, right? I'm out there. I'm getting external feedback. I'm seeing, you know, technical or competitive or, you know, economic moves, whatever, which aren't necessarily immediately important, but I know I have to work them into the mix. And I'm trying to communicate those translate those back to the company, mainly to Joanne and my direct reports. And if she's in the middle of a, here's reality today, Jules, you yeah. know, moment, which she is a lot, um, that's not going to land for her. It's not going to be important to her, but I have to keep going at it because I do know she will care once she has time to think about it. Right. And then in the meantime, I'll be proposing ideas that advance the company that are pretty far cry from the reality we can achieve today. And I'm pretty oblivious at times to that reality. She doesn't let me stay oblivious very long, but right. it's, she can count on you know some gaps in my knowledge, and I count on her to fill them, even if I don't like it sometimes, mm-hmm. frankly, because I just want to be told, "Yeah, we can do that," mm-hmm. and she's going to say, "Well, here's you know ABC," and she's not obstructionist. She's no, um, I
3: generally can see her where she's headed with it. That's, the good, that's actually the magic of so? our relationship is that mm-hmm. she visions it and I can see it. It might be way out yonder, but I can usually see it and get behind it. Mm-hmm. I will see all the obstacles and that will frustrate her, but I generally can embrace because I, I have always been so highly respectful of her insightfulness. Mm-hmm. That's like the number one Vision and insightfulness. Is, I've learned to trust that implicitly, and I think she trusts me implicitly. So my, our,
2: my like high things are you know, sure right thing, But like Sorry. Joanne's going to bring a level of um, savvy mm-hmm. to the business that I don't bring, and she's also going to see around corners that I don't see, like the implications and the inner relationships. Yeah, um, and she's always driving to the same goal, so it's not like we are. Run, going down different highways, but, yeah. um, if like the work I have to do, and it's hard sometimes is to get her, like I said, to see kind of like for me to communicate thoroughly enough so she can really understand what I'm talking about. Cause sometimes I speak in shorthand yeah. and, and then honestly, she can often improve, you know, usually improves on the, how we're going to get there part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes there's a lag. And that's yeah. hard for me. You know, that's definitely hard for me, and it's a strain on Joanne because I'm like, raw, 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 raw,
3: raw. I want yeah, this. I want this. We should do this.
2: You know, I'm scared about this. We and need I'm this. still
3: pushing on like six months ago idea. You know, right. still like trying right. to get that
0: right.
3: under the you know get get that adopted by the rest of the team. Right. You know, sometimes they struggle to understand. You know that slight shift in. Um, they struggle to understand what the why that that slight stri- s- slight shift because the opportunity has shifted just a little bit and so I have to kind of you know move the team and, and Jules is doing this too don't don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. you know I'm more in the you know um, the weeds if you will mm-hmm. um, kind of you know kind of really riding the business via. Um, Instinct. I have good instinct, business instinct, and I understand the business at a very visceral level. And so I can see opportune pathways to meet up with her vision,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, and that's how we make it work. If that makes sense, that was a little bit. It
1: does. It does. And, and I, I want to bring you back though to to um, that was that was a beautiful explication of the way in which you work together and. Um, you know, I know that when you re- when you listen again to this, you'll hear yourselves describing the relationship in a beautiful way. And I let it let it go because it was really important for you to be able to express that. Because I, I find sometimes that expressing it not only helps the other person but helps ourselves really solidify what it is that's going on. So that was going well, on.
3: Jerry, I'm thinking about our team because a lot of people, that's
1: what I was going to ask you about work. Yeah.
3: And I'm thinking as we're talking that this is going to be helpful for our team.
1: Yes. Understand, you know, well, I'm going to go one step further, Joanne. You yeah. don't have to rely on Jerry's podcast to tell the team. <laughs> yeah. You could actually take some time with the whole team to talk about the fact, for example, that sometimes you are each responding to the needier children and leaving your business soulmate to the side and, and taking them for granted. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, like we all did, right? We're All three of us have children around the same age. You know what it's like when they were two and three. Right? Yeah.
3: Well, yes. it's not even just people. It's about needy business, you know? Yes, Business that is
1: like and you know kind of suck up your entire day, right? Um, so so let's take it up a level because you you've put the question to me in a way, and so what I did was a little Jedi mind trick because I got you to answer your own question, right? Because now I'll show you that you gave yourself the answer because the question on the table was how are you going to scale this space between you as the organization grows. And what did we just describe? Oh, Jerry encouraged you to take this knowledge that you have about each other out to the larger company.
3: Yeah.
1: Right, take this very, very special gift that is the relationship between the two of you. Because I will argue very strongly that this is what makes the grommet special, is the space between the two of you. And let everybody else in. Let them understand so that they understand that when they fill Jules's calendar on a Friday afternoon, they've knocked Joanne out. And Joanne has to be on the calendar. And Jules has to be on Joanne's calendar. And it can't be, well, we intend to do this every Friday. It actually is written in stone.
2: Yeah, Let me ask you a question, though, Jerry. How do you do do this in a way that is healthy and doesn't exclude other people who very much, you know, want – we don't want to run the Jules and Joanne show. You know, that's not scalable or that's not aspirational for other people. So – How do you do what? How do you let – you talk about the space – between mm-hmm. us but there has to be that kind of healthy space you know you talked about an infield so there's a catcher and first base second baseman too yeah right like the shortstop and third baseman aren't going to win the game alone And how do
1: you pull more people into the circle
2: yeah where they can it's, have
1: it's actually difficult but easy to express okay you pull more people into the circle what do I mean by that when was the last time you had a senior team off site
2: yeah we're yeah, bad at that yeah
1: party. we are bad mm-hmm. How did I know that? I knew that because the two of you are working well, right? Whereas if there was conflict here, you would be reaching out to the, to the team. But because this is working well, what you want to do is slowly expand the circle. Any time, and this is just sort of a Jerry General rule of thumb, any time, we're working with the senior team, we're working with senior managers, and the question arises, that says, how do we put that very question to the team? And by putting that question to the very team, the team co-creates the answer. So if the question is, how do we scale so that this is not the, the Jules and Joanne show, ask the team. They live with you every day. They have feelings and ideas, I guarantee you. They're going to come to you and say, how about every other week that meeting is expanded? Are you having weekly senior team meetings?
2: Yeah, we do that every Monday.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Working on um, improving that meeting. Yeah, because basically we know it's not all... And should be. And so we're making some advances there and it's a TBD if what we do is the right
1: solution. Who's taking responsibility for improving that meeting?
2: Well, we did it collectively. We actually had... I
1: like that. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that collectively, you know, because that that's the thing because this is the tricky part, right? When you start a business, it's all on the senior team. It's all on the senior. It's all on you guys. All the vision, all the direction, all the answers, everything. And my, my favorite writer, Parker Palmer, calls it a, a form of functional atheism, where the leader has to hold all of the answers. What should we do? What should we do? What's the right? What's the, and sometimes out of control leaders, the leaders who want to be a politician because they want to be something versus do something, get so trapped in staying in that position that they hold on to that, even to their own detriment, because nobody has all the answers. That's not your instincts, either one of you. That's clear. And yet, sometimes the team inadvertently, subconsciously wants to maintain that structure. Hey, guys, just tell us what to do. Hey, guys, tell us how we can improve this meeting. No, 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 no. The problem we're talking about isn't a problem about how to scale jewels and joanne the problem is how do we scale Gromit? yeah right how do we scale grommet's senior leadership team and that's a problem that's not your problem to solve that's a problem that the team's problem to solve right what your responsibility is to do is to make sure that the team is focused on that problem mm-hmm. and has the tools they need facilitation training communications the condition the right conditions, the right set of values, has the tools they need to solve that problem. But try to resist the impulse to solve that problem. For them. Them. For them. For them. Because in solving it, you actually end up repeating the lack of scaling problem.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense.
1: Right? So we want to use the problem as a demonstration of scaling the team and so th- this question which is a beautiful question which is how do we maintain this specialness here connectivity with the two of you commitment to communication you already started expressing the other thing which is Jules you, you were so open and, and, and brave about it you said you know look I, 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 I kind of I give you short shrift here Joanne I bypassed you and I went to the, the squeakiest wheel very very common problem very very common problem so just naming it creates space to, for Joanne to be able to go back to you and say, hey, Jules, do I have to be a squeaky wheel, <laughs> right? Because what we want to do is make sure that that commitment between the two of you, you can make it fun, make it lunchtime on Fridays, make it you know happy hour, make it, make it to go to yoga class together. It could be anything, it could be out of the office because that may actually help you guys, right? But it's your time together. that's sacrosanct and then you expand the circle and you explain to people what you're doing what we're trying to do is not be more insular but we're trying to preserve and protect the thing that's between us I don't know, does this resonate at all? yeah it does, I mean it seems it
3: seems pretty basic, like basic stuff
1: Um, thanks, I appreciate that (laughs) 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 to hell with you (laughs) I didn't charge you for that.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> what Jules said. Either.
1: Are you doing it? Yeah, we have to do it. You're uh, right? Uh, no, that's not what I said. I asked you if you were doing it. No. So if you're not no, doing no, it, no, that's and, not
2: true. we do, but there are weeks we don't. I mean, I
3: why don't, we, don't you? Because I, the business swallows up our
1: time. Mm, 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 mm. I'd
2: say lately we. And that, I could say, like, say six it's months because ago. because your
1: fears about the business swallow up your time. The business will always make its demands. How you respond to those demands is your choice. Mm-hmm. Right? What's behind the impatience, Joanne?
3: Me? Yeah.
1: It's fear. Go so fast. You like to go fast because it's fun. Okay, so I don't want to drive in a car with you. <laughs> it's a
3: burden. It's a total burden.
1: <laughs> right. So what's behind it? Huh? What's behind it is fear of failing.
3: Yep. Right? Well, is it really fear of failing? Or is what it, is it? Is, or is it, is
1: it, is it, is it? Is it um, fear I'm of being driven bypassed?
3: to succeed.
1: Why, it's not really why is that,
3: it? Su- there's a difference.
1: Why is it so important to succeed? Because people
3: are depending on us.
1: What if you fail them?
3: I'll be fine with that too.
1: Okay, so then I'll let it go. So then don't be so impatient. It's easy.
3: Oh, it's not that's not it's not easy. That's not I easy know.
1: For me. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've got these like telepathic eyes coming through the screen.
1: Of course it's not. It's easier said than done.
2: But you have to allow for Jerry. I mean, you, we don't have to get in the weeds of our business. It has a daily
1: deliverable. you know. Uh, got, right, 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 right. It, because it, of the structure of you your startups
2: business. And early stage companies have a daily. It's like getting out, you know, a magazine every day. Yeah. Oh,
1: like I used to be an editor of a magazine. You know this. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, yeah, you know. well, then
2: you can relate, right? You know, Every okay.
1: day you have deadlines.
2: Well, cool. aren't all editors relatively impatient?
1: Yes. And uh, what I used to say is, I used to oftentimes take out a magazine, open up the pages, and tell me about the number of blank pages you see. None. So every day, deadlines are met. So I get that feeling. I know the feeling. Trust me. I know the feeling. My, my only point is this. As you scale the business, yes. those demands, those daily demands, as you put it, Jules, that, they're just going to increase. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And the fact is, we can we can increase the size of the senior leadership team exponentially and it's still not going to catch up with the demands. Yeah. Because every one of those people is going to start to generate their own demands. Yeah. Right? You said something before, Jules. You said there are 55 people and, and there's just enough that we can meet without all of them all the time. Well, it's not going to happen when there's 100. Yeah. Right? And so even though... This is obvious in some ways. It's worth bringing our attention to. How do you scale the business? How do you scale yourselves? Well, the, the, the answer is gonna be, you're gonna to have to learn to let go of a lot of pieces that seem incredibly important every single day.
3: Yeah,
2: that's what I struggle with.
1: Yeah, I awesome. thought so, yeah.
2: She can handle so much, Joanne. She has huge breath. And when we were, um, you know, we did the work of probably 40 people with 10 people for four years. And Joanne, that would have never happened without Joanne. She probably personally did, you know, 20 people's work.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so she kind of knows every corner of the business. Uh, And she, like I said, has a pulse on the business that nobody else could possibly have or at least it would take a long time before they would to have her kind of level of experience. And yet, the business has changed, and has scaled. We've grown, geez, I haven't done the math lately, but we've probably grown revenues 700% in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, that's required staff and team much more, you know, efficiently, properly. It wasn't ever going to scale if Joanne's tried to be 20 people for that much longer. Mm -hmm. Um, But she can't possibly know all the corners. Nobody could. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be able to know the second basin is ready to catch two, obviously. Right. I mean, to you, mm-hmm. I love your analogy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but they also, you know, they have to um, develop some of the same instinct. It won't. Ne- it will, no one will ever be Joanne. I, I could never be Joanne. So that's that's obvious. But mm-hmm. um, but they have to have their own instinct and actually, you know, Joanne with some of their own uh, getting ahead of her sometimes, too, is really helpful because she can't be everywhere anymore. And she doesn't try to be anymore. She can't. But. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I, I think w- one other analogy that might be helpful to hold on to is that you're, you're, the two of you are starting to sh- transition where your responsibilities used to be to actually build the products and services or to build the services, in effect, and actually your job now is to build the company which builds the products and services. Yeah. So Joanne, all of that prodigious talent is really about building capacity more than it is about actually producing output. Mm-hmm. And that's can be that can be a really difficult transition for high-achieving people like us because we're used to getting a lot of stuff done and getting a lot of self-worth out of getting a lot of stuff done. And we have to find that self-worth By looking out at the team and remembering something that Lao Tzu used to say, Lao Tzu, the founder of Taoism, a leader is best who, when the work is done, the people say, we did this ourselves, right? You, you, your values, I can see it in you, your values are such that this, what I'm about to say will resonate with you. Ten years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to look at this company and you're going to say, what a great thing they built. Right? What a great thing those people built. Right? And that's the opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how you're going to scale the business. Yeah. And in effect, maintain the specialness of the relationship here.
2: I think you actually get a lot of joy out of that and have done that. Yeah. You know, you lo- Joanne loves to sort of form people and see them grow and, and then not need her you know she's, she enjoys it you were just telling me about someone yesterday you know in yeah. that vein like mm-hmm. she's off and running you know this person yeah. and the person thinks Joanne's an amazing mentor um,
1: she probably is
2: oh she is, is. I know this you know it's, yeah. you did that Cats. I've seen this for years that so you mm-hmm. love to mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
3: but I have this reputation for being what is that word and I, I, I don't like it but like what is that
2: oh, you're relentlessly dissatisfied <laughs> relentlessly dissatisfied that's a terrible thing but i say that about you i don't know if anyone else says that about you i say it because it's
3: about quality you know it's about speed and quality Mm -hmm. and results yeah but you start with yourself yeah right
2: so where it works well actually this has been a good week so far and one of the reasons if i try to decode it is like the ordinary stuff is going well you know everybody's doing what they need to do and you are doing advancing something really important strategically this week mm-hmm. you know that you're super excited about and no one else could probably do it because mm-hmm. you like to do the hard things first like the things that are that wouldn't be fair to ask somebody else to do because you don't even know how to do them yet mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. like to do that like pioneer bushwhack mm-hmm. and and it has rambo true, stuff yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah yeah and like somebody came out of the meeting like a new person, but kind of wide. I've never seen a meeting like that because she can just go like the person. There are five men on the other side of the table, and three of three, I wasn't in the room, but three people on our side. And one of the men on the other side of the table looked at Joanne and said, I can see in your eyes you're honest. I can trust you. And she's going hard
3: for what she wants.
2: That's a big compliment. I was very happy to. Yeah. Yeah. I was, he said that. But, but you were moving the business like you weren't sitting there you know giving away the store or not being you know <laughs> making it a 50-50 and it was all new stuff. Like we don't know if this is going to work.
3: Totally yeah totally totally out in front of the business but mm. important if it, we can make it happen. Right. right. So that's what like a new drive. product. Yeah. A new product. Piloting a new idea. Anyway. Mm. That's yeah. what I get excited about.
1: Well I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this pause to actually thank the two of you because I feel like I feel honored. I feel like uh, I got to witness some deep and profound love and respect between two people. Um, And I feel really fortunate. And I feel led into a circle in a very sweet and and beautiful way. And um, I'm, you know, Jules, I said this to you before, but I'm going to extend it. I'm so admiring of what you guys have here. Uh, both at the company, but really in this space between the two of you. And, and, you know, I know that the people who listen to these podcasts are going to benefit from this, and I'm just grateful that you allowed yourself to just have this conversation there because this is how we all grow. We help each other grow, you know, in this regard. So thank you so much.
2: And you'll visit. Thank
3: you, Jerry. I
1: promise I will visit. I promise I will visit. We'll make you work, though, so, you know. Eat your uh, weevies
3: before
1: I, you go. I, just don't make me work for Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hear she's relentlessly dissatisfied. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys.
2: Thanks, Jerry. Meet the co-founders of Adcade.
1: Rob Prentice,
4: COO of Adcade. Rob Cromer, CEO of Adcade. Buzz Wiggins, CTO of Tape. There was group consensus that our relationship was not as healthy as it was when we started the company. Uh, just kind of uh, casualties of running a business. It's part. The first thing to go is the communication between best friends. And there were things we needed to unpack. And we did not have the environment here to do such uh, an exercise on our own. I'd say we didn't have the framework. We didn't have the framework. And it's not to say that we haven't done things that bother each other since boot camp. We've made it like a point to sit each other down and, and just say it. So you don't build up resentment, you don't feel as though you're, you're holding something in. You just sit them down and have a conversation about it and tell them how you feel. I think that goes a long way and it's something that we would never have done before, naturally.
2: Co-Founder Bootcamp is our invitation for you to discover how your leadership team can work together better. Join us this March 2nd through the 6th. Learn more at reboot.io slash co-founders.
0: So that's it for our conversation today. I know a lot was covered in this episode from links to books, to quotes, to images, So we went ahead and compiled all that and put it on our site at Reboot.io slash podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can find out about that on our site as well. I'm really grateful that you took the time to listen. If you enjoyed the show and you want to get all the latest episodes as we release them, head over to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, it would be great if you could leave us a review, letting us know how the show affected you. So thank you again for listening, and I really look forward to future conversations together. How long till my soul gets it right?